This episode is brought to you by BoardGameTables.com. If you're in the market for a beautiful, hand-built, custom board game table that is sure to become the centerpiece of your game room, go check them out over at BoardGameTables.com and tell them Heavy Cardboard sent you. Heavy Cardboard, Episode 68, February Briefing. Coming to you from sunny, beautiful Denver, Colorado, welcome to Heavy Cardboard, where we talk medium and heavy strategy board games, war games, 18xx, and other related topics in the board gaming hobby. We're your hosts, I'm Edward. And I'm Amanda. Sorry, East Coast. I realize you guys just got hammered with a lot of snow. I, I, I do feel for y'all, but it's like 75 yeah. and gorgeous it's out here. It's amazing outside right now. I took Asher for a walk wearing a hoodie, as you know, I am wont to do cause because I'm always you were, cold. You, you were born on the surface of the sun. Correct. And I got, I actually got warm walking Asher outside. That's crazy. I so know. So the reason we're saying this, honestly, is to try and motivate y'all to move to Denver because <laughs> more games, right? Exactly. Better weather and more games. So come west. Yeah. Go west, young man, woman, person. <laughs> young person. Now that we've been able to get Matt and Dana completely moved downstairs and everything, we now have an empty room. Well, I mean, it, they moved downstairs, but now that the basement is finished, right. yes, right. correct. So we were going to move into my old office and use that as our office and then use the office that Edward was using as our studio, but we decided to make my old office the studio instead. It makes total sense. It's yep. more secluded on the side of the house. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit bigger, and it just it just seems to, to feel better as far as the space for a studio as opposed to here kind of in the middle of the house, right. which is where our office is, which is where we've been recording. Mm-hmm. And I'll be honest, this might actually be the last time we record in here. It That's very kind well, of exciting, right? Yeah, it very well might be. And, um, you know, just to go off again a little bit on you talking about how it's a little bit more comfortable in there. It's also right above the crawl space, so it's always cold in there. So having that coupled with all of the lights and everything that are going to be in there, that helps, you know, that's not going to hurt matters. Yeah, well, exactly. It's going to stay way cooler than it is downstairs, like, because the YouTube stuff that we've been doing, all the lights and everything, like you said, Mm -hmm. we actually have our contractor coming back out. He lives here in the neighborhood, so it's not like a big deal. I just happened to mention to him, I was like, hey, Chris, do you think... uh, uh, I could do this, 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 and this. He's like, you could. You sure are asking a lot of questions. If only you knew somebody who could do that <laughs> for you. If only. And I was like, well, I figure you're busy with other basements. He's like, dude, it'd take me an afternoon. Drywall's going to be going up at these other basements, so it's no big deal. I was like, well, if you're offering, then yeah. So mm-hmm. he's going to take down the ceiling fan that's in there, replace the, the ceiling fan mount with outlets for the main camera, the new camera that we're going to be purchasing. Thank you, Patreon supporters. And then he's also going to be putting uh, daisy chaining off of that for, actually, I take it back. It's going to be on its own circuit. Four outlets in the corner of each of the room 
where we're going to actually be able to mount the lights so that those aren't on the ground, they're up out of the way for when we do playthroughs, as well as if and when we transit, not transition, that seems to intimate that the podcast might go away. Podcast isn't going anywhere. Right. But if we start doing more video stuff, like studio type video stuff, the lights will be out of shot as well. Mm -hmm. So it's basically going to transition into a legitimate recording studio. Yeah. It's not going to have soundproof walls or anything like that. It is going to have acoustic foam and all that stuff mm -hmm. to try and help with that. But moral of the story, it's just going to be a better recording space. And it, it helped uh, seeing what Jim has yes. up in Portland. So that, that kind of furthers that whole want to be able to do that. So honestly, all the thanks go to y'all, the listeners, because without y'all, we wouldn't be doing this. Exactly. But especially to our Patreon supporters, because we couldn't afford to do this. No. Otherwise, uh, to be able to, you know, not take it more serious, because I assure you, there's nobody in this industry that takes uh, their podcast or their media or their fill in the right word more serious than we do, than I do. Mm -hmm. But it gives us the ability to further improve everything that we're trying to improve. So thanks a lot. And, and also thanks to our sponsors, Game Surplus and BoardGameTables.com. Again, without them and our Patreon, um, couldn't afford it. No, we, we probably couldn't even afford the microphones we're talking to you on now, much less... Ah, we could. Let's not get carried away. But speaking <laughs> but not, of yeah. microphones, yes. uh, next week, well, let me back that up. By the end of this month, you guys should notice a significant upgrade in microphone quality because we're going to be going to Guitar uh, Center, auditioning different mics, and then ordering a couple new mics. Very exciting. Yeah, I'm, I'm super, super stoked. And the reason we want to audition it, or audition them, I should say, is for the simple fact that Every microphone is different for different people. And so uh, what microphone you use mm -hmm. might be a different microphone than what I use right. that sounds best for our, you know, acoustic range, right. I guess. So, so yeah, we're super, super stoked for that. Can't wait. And with that means we're also getting a mixing board, which is going to help with all sound quality as yeah. well. And just, yeah, a lot of really exciting changes. So yes. thanks to everybody listening. Thank you. Thank you. Thank yes. you. Yes. And speaking of Jim, we were in Portland over the weekend and we had such a good time. I was excited about it. Let me, I mean, that's my hometown. That's where I'm from. Right. But there was a, a noticeable amount of, I used trepidation when I we recorded. I was just with, about to say trepidation. When we recorded with Jim, it's just going back home, uh, especially since my parents have since passed and I have no ties up there. I have no family up there anymore. I was nervous, not so much about Portland, but to Milwaukee, which is the suburb or little, I guess, suburb yeah. uh, that, that I'm from. And going up there, I was excited to see the our friends as well as our new friends that we've made through the show and everything else. Mm -hmm. But really nervous about going back to my old stomping grounds because I'll be honest, there's not a ton of good memories from back there. But I felt I, I wanted to show you where I was from. Yes. And going back there, it was... It was cathartic, I think is the right word. Uh, and it seems to be the land that time forgot. Now, it I haven't is been, weird. I haven't been back to Milwaukee since 1993 when I left to join the Marine Corps. And it's like time stopped then. There is no... I take it back. 
there is one difference that I remember. A tasty freeze that used to be across the street from one of the apartments I lived in is gone. And now it's part of a part of a bigger shopping center. That's it. That's literally the only difference. The, uh, the apartments haven't changed. The houses haven't changed. The roads, no, just nothing has changed. The same restaurants, same names. It just looks tired and depressed. And I'll be honest, it, it felt kind of good, maybe, and sad at the same time. Because I was like, when I went to old friends' house, or where old friends lived, and they're really nice houses, and I look at them now, and I'm like, ooh, those look rough. Yeah. They, you know, when you're a little kid, everything's oh, different. yeah, everything's you know? huge when you're little. Right, and it's just been, it was completely different. And to see where we are now, you know, in our lives, and, and having moved on from there, it was it was cathartic. That was I, I think that's the best way to put it. Um, so I was really nervous about it, but in the end, I think I think it was much ado about nothing as far as the nerve factor goes. But also, I'll be honest, I don't feel the need to ever go back to Milwaukee, Oregon, ever again. I've seen everything I've I needed to see. I showed you everything I needed to show you or I wanted to show you. So right. to put things in context, like exactly. when I tell you stories or whatever. Now I can picture the places instead of having to think about what they might look like. Yeah, I'm all set. I, I have no need to ever go back there whatsoever. And that's okay. Now, that's not to say we're not going to go back to Portland. That's oh, yeah. different. Yeah. Uh, hanging out with Jim. That was awesome. That was so much fun. Being able to see our old game group buddy, Tony KR. Mm-hmm. Got to meet Joe Sturgis. Uh, we met TC from uh, Tattered Board. Right. Uh, and we went to a few of the game stores there. We stopped by Cloudcap Games, which that's just, it's in Selwood, which is kind of a suburb next door to Milwaukee. And there was this food truck pod and a whole bunch of food trucks with yeah. yummy food. It was really, oh uh, yeah, it was really cool. Yeah, it was a nice game store. Yeah. It, it, quaint. I think exactly. Is they, a good way yeah, to, there was a one section that was the games and stuff um, to purchase, and then a little offset where people were playing magic and other board games and stuff. Yeah, and, and they had a little game room yeah. set up for people, and they had a, a one of the tables reserved for us because we said we were coming. They didn't need to do that. No, but that was, was that was sweet. pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, then from there, after we had lunch with TC, we went over to uh, we went over to Guardian Games. That is on the exact opposite yes. spectrum of quaint. That place is absolutely enormous. It's the biggest game store I've ever seen in my life. Yes. It's, it has like 10 foot high shelves, 10, 12 feet high mm-hmm. up there, um, just chock full yep. of games. And you're talking the latest, greatest to, to old war games, and it was all really well organized. Yep. Just in it, it, the ceilings were like 25 feet high. It was just a it just, cavernous. Yeah, it abs just enormous. Tons of game tables. They have a little bar area that, you know, I had just gotten my head shaved for St. Baldrick's. And so I can't imagine I look anywhere near 21, but he was all miffed that I didn't show my ID mm-hmm. when I walked in there. And I didn't have mine, so I just turned around and laughed. But yeah, enormous game store. Um, Everybody we met there was friendly. We saw it was Euro Day, mm-hmm. and so we saw we saw some heavier stuff being yeah. played, but mostly it was it, it, it trended lighter. Oh yeah. Uh, but it was good to see stuff like Mombasa, and 
Railroad Revolution yeah. and, you know, some stuff out there. And then after that, on Jody and Ryan's recommendation from Elephant Laboratories up there in Portland, they recommended we stop by the Portland Game Store. We met Ryan and Evan up there. That was very cool. Had really, really cool uh, kind of talk and shop yeah. uh, conversation. Everything from audio stuff to their game that's going to be on Kickstarter. And we'll talk more about that next episode. Just talk and shop. Just that stop. was really cool. That was a lot of fun. And then while we were talking shop with them, uh, our buddy Stephen Canning from up in Seattle just appeared. He just appeared. I was looking at Edward while he was talking. And then I looked up and was like, oh. Hi, Steven. And yeah, that, he's a fellow heavy game enthusiast and, and fan of the show. So that was cool. They, heavy con number one attendee. Yes. And coming back every year yep, since. Yep. So that was pretty cool to every see Every timer. Got to hang out there and our flight was delayed coming back. But Two whatever. hours. Yeah, so but we it, ended up taking Monday off because of it. Right. But it was okay because we had a cool game store to sit in and chill and talk to people. <laughs> yeah, it, it was a lot of fun. So, but... We talked about uh, talking about hanging out with Jim. He was nice enough to open up his home, him and his wife. We had dinner with them Friday night and then gamed all day on Saturday. And to be honest with you, if you want to hear more about that in just just a typical punchy cardboard episode, yeah. go listen to their latest release that uh, we're recording this on Wednesday. It actually released today so go back and listen to that it's it was a lot of fun it was with him having us on there filling in for eric so that that was cool so check that out to hear about uh hear about the weekend up to portland i've started reaching out to publishers to support heavy con uh should definitely have a lot of cool things some surprises for attendees mm-hmm. that we don't want to talk about and ruin the surprise <laughs> uh i'm getting a little nervous now that it's only just over two months away i, I can't believe it's already almost here it's just where does the time go? Like, right. wh- like, where did it go? I don't, I don't remember January. Like, it just went poof. Yep, yep. So, uh, we've we're not only reaching out, but we've already gotten a bunch of responses, and so yeah, things are shaping up really well. If you're interested in HeavyCon next year, the only re- prerequisites there's three. One, interact with us throughout the year. Number two, email us and say, hey, put me on the wait list. And number three, be enjoyable to game with. That's it. That's that's all there is. The end. Yeah. Now, with that said, we don't know how much more we're going to expand past the 97 or so that we have for this year. But, yeah, well, just hit us up if you're interested. Yes. As far as an Asher update, I know folks were asking about they it. They were. He's doing well, actually. Um, the heart murmur that we talked about last episode is basically the best one that a dog can have. It, um, it's not any way, anything that we need to worry about. It's not, it does not require medication or anything. And the lump on his thigh hasn't grown. And so, you know, he's spry as always in his old age. <laughs> Seriously, he, he still chases rabbits in the backyard. He doesn't catch rabbits anymore, no. but he chases them. He tries really hard, though. And he's such a puppy. He will play for about 45 seconds to a minute <laughs> a day. <laughs> And then he's like, you know what? Yeah, I'm old. I'm, I'm all I'm, set. I'm good. And another thing that's really funny, now that we're in the basement a lot, he will stand at the base of the stairs, upstairs, and whine because he can hear people down there. But it's like he needs permission to come downstairs. But all you have to do is go, hey, bud, come on. And then you hear thunk, 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 thunk. thunk. But he won't come <laughs> down on his own. I don't understand why. He's just being respectful. And oh. he wants to make sure that we're okay with it. <laughs> 
So we talked about YouTube briefly. That's off and running uh, pretty much like gangbusters. We've been doing it now, I think, just right at four weeks. We've had, I don't know, 13, 14, 15 videos. We're doing full teaching and playthrough videos. So if that's something that you guys are interested in, definitely go check it out at youtube.com forward slash heavy cardboard vids. And by the time you guys, uh, this releases tomorrow, we're going to have our next play, which is The Great Zimbabwe by Splatter. We're going to be live streaming that tonight. Or as you're listening to it, it's mm -hmm. Thursday night. How's that? Thursday night, March 16th. There you go. So uh, keep an eye on social media or in the guild on BGG, and we'll post exactly what time that's going to be rocking and rolling. Or you can just go to youtube.com forward slash heavy cardboard vids, click the subscribe button, and then click the little bell next to subscribe, and you'll get an automatic notification whenever we go live. Or that. Yeah. yeah. Do that. Cool. We want to thank the great folks over at Game Surplus for their sponsorship of the show. Fantastic folks, a great reputation, along with an ever-growing, amazing inventory of imported and hard-to-find games. Well, you can see why we're proud to be partnered with Game Surplus. Their tagline, home of great games at great prices. So check them out, gamesurplus.com. And when you do, mention and tell them Heavy Cardboard sent you. We got in some new iTunes reviews. It'd be a sad month if we didn't have any iTunes it, reviews. I would. It would make me sad in my heart. <laughs> yes, we have had a number of them. So thank you to everybody that has left them previously, and to these folks: Inco sixty four, Jim Ben Kenobi one, Board Gamer one thousand one, Odds Botkins, and from the UK, Josie LPO. Thanks a lot, y'all. It definitely helps raise the uh, visibility of the show. So much, much appreciated. Yes, thank you so much. We've been fortunate enough to have a pretty good influx in Patreon supporters uh, over the last month, and we want to definitely give them their due. So thank you goes out to everyone that has support us, supported us in the past, that is supporting us, and that may support us in the future. So thanks, Brian Olmstead, Dan H., Andrew Brown, Garrett Werman, Jeff Hayward, Jim Carvin, Jerry Daigle, Paul Inkow, Michael Alexander, Curtis Cushman, Adrian Richardson, Magnus Fault, and welcome back, Mario. And then a special shout out to those that actually increased their pledges since then. Definitely awesome of you. Thank you. Jason Dinger, Brad Ward, Stefan Ebner, Magnar Sveen. Thanks a lot, y'all. Really, really means a lot. All right, Amanda, you want to tell them how to get in touch with us? Our website is heavycardboard.com. Our email address is contact at heavycardboard.com. We love hearing from y'all, so please don't be shy. Our Twitter is heavycardboard. Facebook is heavycardboard. Our YouTube channel is heavycardboardvids. Our Instagram is heavycardboard. Our Patreon is patreon.com forward slash heavycardboard. Please take a look and give us some support. Our BGG guild number is 2044. We also have a phone number for y'all to call and leave us voicemails if you want. The number is 720-675-8975. Call us and leave us your thoughts or questions, and hey, they might even be featured on the show unanswered. This is David Cummings from the No Sleep Podcast. We tell horror stories that keep you up at night so you can play more heavy board games. You're listening to Heavy Cardboard. Heavy Cardboard.
Not anywhere near as many games have come through the door as normal. No, very, very little. In fact, two were review copies and a, a third was a Kickstarter. So The Colonist, thank you, Mayfair. We finally got a review copy, so look for that sooner rather than later. We got Rhine River Trade from DeVere. And because we enjoyed Millennium Blades so much, I, for some reason, <laughs> figure, hey, there's not enough cards. We need more cards, so I backed the set rotation. And thanks to 1199 Games for that. I'll be honest, we could play that for 10 years and not feel the need for the set rotation right. expansion, but I am still somewhat of a completionist when it comes to games that I really like about getting expansions. So, yeah, you know, that's how I sell it to myself anyway. So that's it. We, we, we haven't done one of these in a month. and That's, that's it. it. That's weird. Well, it's the slow time of the year. That's true. I assure you this summer and fall will make up for it. I oh, promise. I highly, I have zero doubt like at all. <laughs> so what are you looking for? forward to playing not what do we need to play for the show but what are you looking forward to playing over the course of the next month or at least some point during the next month definitely the colonists you and me both on that yeah we've only actually gotten to era four once and so i want to play it more so i can get to era four and maybe I think a couple I, more times i think i've played it like seven or eight times yeah. and still one one time for era four that that so again we want to do the different configurations mm-hmm. before we review it and everything so certainly looking forward to that as well yeah also looking forward to scythe um i've only i've played it twice i'll say one and a half because the first time i didn't really play it the whole time it's and, a, yeah and I'll be honest, we we owe a review on this, and for it just it keeps getting pushed off to the side, and we need to stop that. It's it's on us to stop that. So mm-hmm. I, I'm I'm genuinely like looking forward to it. It's not the heaviest game out there, it's obviously, not. but it is something that we've enjoyed mm-hmm. our plays, and our entire group has enjoyed their plays of it. And it did, you know, win everything. Including, including best podcast. Right. So we feel like we definitely need to <laughs> review it, right? Right. And I definitely want to try the different factions as well. Because I've yeah, I've yep. only ever played the Russian ish kind of faction. So yeah. And different Age of Steam maps. We have some absolutely beautiful ones from Albin Viard that I want to get played. The moon is absolutely gorgeous. I want to get that one played. And I also want to get South America played because it has Paraguay in it, which a lot of you guys will know the Paraguay story, and I'm not going to rehash it. Almond Dow uh-huh. ice cream. Yeah. Just, yeah. We've talked about it on the show. So, um, yeah, I agree. Age of Steam is the game of the month for Fridays for March, so that, that shouldn't be a problem. And we're going to be live streaming a bunch of those different maps throughout the month, so I'm looking forward to that. Um, I, honestly, there are... A number of Essen games that we still have not gotten to, just it's a lot of games. That and they're not all, you know, filler games. There's huge mega games here that we're trying to play and it, you can't just plunk, learn it. Oh, you're saying for the games that we've right. already... Yeah, 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 right. totally. And, and there's still... Now, some of these games are not going to be a feature. So, what we're gonna do and i'm looking forward to playing these and finding out do we like them and then oh we should play these more or we you know or yeah we're all set that kind of thing 
So the next four episodes, and I hate doing this normally, but this is going to keep us on target for what we're doing. Next four episodes in some form or fashion, Great Western Trail, Scythe, The Colonists, and Trailers. Oodles and oodles of trailers or kind of a, you know, short hit type thing on all these smaller Essen games that aren't going to be features, but we do want to talk about and bring attention to yes. good or bad one way or the other. So that is, as far as I'm concerned, the next four episodes that we're going to be after this. Okay. All right. Cool. So as far as other stuff, I mean, I'm dying to get Fields of Despair to the table. I mean, dying to. Plus... We got all those uh, teaching games that I have to do for Patreon supporters, so I need to get going on that. And the first one is Age of Steam, and the next one is going to be Clinic. So, hey, cool. Old games getting back to the table. Fantastic. Maybe Clinic won't break my brain this time. I bet you you'd probably be better off than you were yeah. back when we played it last I would, time. Just, I mean, I would hope you've, so. You've grown as a gamer, right. just like we all do, right? Right. All right. So that's what we're anticipating. Playing. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, it's been a month. <laughs> yeah, we've been playing a couple games. We're gonna we're gonna hit on the top. I don't know, fifteen or so that we've been busting out. So you want to start? Sure. So sweater Mike and I played the Colonist just two player on Monday because um, nobody else came because they were out of town. Um, and it, we played up to three eras, and it sped by. It went so fast. It two players. It feels like. You don't get the same number of turns. It's really weird. Even though it absolutely yeah. doesn't scale in that respect. It's right. the same amount of turns. Right. It just it doesn't feel possible that you could already be done with era one. It was like, wait, what? And it just, yeah. Did it, you enjoy it at two players? I did. It, it just seemed like it went too fast. I'm curious. Uh, you and I need to try that two player. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, we're going to before we review it. But right. um, so far... I feel like it's, it feels like it's falling in the same category as through the ages, as mm. far as it plays, you know, two to four, or I, I know it has a solo game as well, but it plays, you know, up to four, but maybe it's best at two or three. Right. Yeah. Just, it was, I just don't know how to know how to describe it. It just, it was very, very quick and there was a lot less of Oh, man, you're in my spot. Oh, lot, yeah, I, I would imagine a lot less yeah. interaction. And I didn't even get an embassy the entire game. How'd you... Who won? Mike. Oh, well, hmm. Well, but Mike wins everything. No, don't... No, you don't get off... It was pretty like close, that. though. Like, um, I had double the number and points of buildings than he did. I had double the money that he did. But he was able to employ a red worker... And more yellow workers than me. So how close? You said it was close. How close? Are we w- talking like five points? I want to say it was like ten okay. points. All right. I can't so remember it wasn't exactly. Terribly far off. All right, no, cool. not at all. And then a few games while we were in Portland. Yeah, we we started out with Energy Empire or Manhattan Project Energy Empire. Really enjoyable. Mm-hmm. It, we described it as the type of game that is good for casual players, but also has enough meat on its bones to have enough for experienced players to enjoy the experience and not want to eat glass. Yes. So definitely a, a, you know, if you're looking for something, ticket to ride, maybe a step up as far as weight from that, but still 
approachable. Um, that's definitely one that I oh, think we can recommend at this point, even though it's only one play. It just went really, really smoothly. Yeah, definitely. And it does not at all have a Manhattan Project feel. Um, the only similarity is the art, in my opinion. Yep, I, I totally agree. It's, yeah. it's, a, it's not a race game Mm-mm. like that one is. It's just... It has the name and the art. I, yeah. I, I think you nailed it. Yep. But yeah, definitely enjoyed it and uh, pleasantly surprised. I, I know the guys over on uh, Mile High Game Guys, when they reviewed it recently, they, they were like, yeah, that's not bad. So, cool. Mm-hmm. And we also played Shogun. Which, this wasn't scheduled to no. come out or anything like that. And none of us have played Wallenstein or Wallenstein and, or, or Shogun. You know, the big cube tower, the only cube tower we've had experience with as Amerigo, and we'd rather not talk about that. Right. But Shogun, uh, played it at five players, and you would think the amount of randomness and chaos in that game would kill everybody that was in that game. And kill, I mean, like, make for a miserable experience. Couldn't be further from the truth. As soon as we got home, I started looking for a copy, and I saw it was going for 80 bucks, and I stopped looking for a copy. (laughs) For the big box. Uh, but yeah, definitely something that we shockingly enjoyed a lot more than any of us thought we would. Yeah. The programming feature of the beginning of each season, it can be crazy because you don't know when everything's going to come out. And say you have one province set to get money from, but you have lost that province by the time it's time to get money. No money for you. Exactly. But... Wow, yeah. It was then the cube tower adds a cool unknown factor to the fights because yeah, you know that, you know, seven cubes are gonna go in there, but you don't know how many are still in there from last time and you can make an a edu- educated guess and, and numbers usually hold up, but it imparts enough randomness to where in enough unknown to where you're like, I should win this right. battle, but it's possible just like in real life. Maybe the battle doesn't go exactly how you thought it would. And God help you, you piss off those farmers Fine. and you don't have enough <laughs> enough troops to quell the uprising. We all found that out the hard way. Uh-huh. Definitely, definitely uh, looking forward to more plays of that, for sure, provided we can get a copy. Then, after that, played Thunder Alley, which this was my first time playing Thunder Alley. Played it with four players. It was me, Jim, Tony K.R., and Joe Sturgis. Could not have enjoyed it more. I was really, I had a lot of apprehension about playing it because I'd heard quite the mixed bag about it. And I would play that happily for players anytime people want to play it. So, Brian, if you're listening, you want to bring it over to a game day, hook it up. Yeah, I'll have to play that again because my first play I didn't really enjoy. Feast for Odin, but just listen to last week's episode and hear our thoughts on that. Yep. Uh, Lisboa, we've done a couple playthroughs uh, on the YouTube channel mm-hmm. of it, um, and I am loving that game. Yeah, I've only gotten to play it once, and there was just too much going on for my brain. I just, I couldn't, I just couldn't grasp it, which happens sometimes with me. Okay, fine, not sometimes, a lot of the time with me. No, with, I don't sell yourself short. I would say you, sometimes. Have you seen me play New Age of Steam maps? Okay, so uh, but there were other games you pick up quite <laughs> okay. quite quickly. But yeah, I 
I felt that way as well, my mm-hmm. first play. And now that I have a few plays of it, well, actually, technically, I have two plays of it, and then I ran one of a third game. Right. But I will say that really helped cement everything for me. And now I'm like, oh, yeah, it makes total sense. This right. and this and this and this, and then this leads to that. Mm-hmm. And I can't wait to play it more. I'm hoping right. that it hits the table early and often here in uh, in March and April. Right. And I, I know that I'll be okay, you know, playing it more and more and just get a better grasp on it. But yeah, I so definitely want to play it more just to be able to actually understand what in the world is going on. Yep. I mean, I mean again, mechanically, you play a card to one of two places, your tableau or to the board, and then you do something, then you draw a card. That's it. Yeah, simple. It's just the in-between stuff. There's a lot going on. <laughs> it's like paragraph B, subgroup Q. That's the problem. <laughs> Not far off. <laughs> the game of the month for February for Mondays was Maria that I was in almost every t- every week. And I was awful at it when we began playing it. And just a little bit less awful in the end. But I had fun. Did you? What you learn from it? To better prepare for invasions and to stay close to your supply and to avoid ash at all costs. What do you think about the uh, the playing of the cards and the, the card mechanic in this with the different suits and how you where you have your generals? and You really like- have to take that into consideration because it's very easy to forget that, oh, hey, you're in diamonds and you have no diamonds. And I did that once. But once. But once. <laughs> and then I, I I specifically remember going into one area and stopping and then being like, oh, wait a minute. I don't have any of those. I don't have any of those cards. And so I backtracked just one to get into an area where I did have cards. So it's just it's something you have to remember. And another thing, another layer to add into making sure you have enough supply and where are your generals and all of the everything else. Did you enjoy it? Because yeah. th- really, that's only your second. War- I put war games in quotes, but yeah, you, you I've know only ever played war games in quotes. But well, no, you play Triumph and Tragedy, which yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess yeah, 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 yeah kind yeah. of in quotes too. Yeah. All right, but no, I enjoyed it. And Ash and Brian both kind of agreed that it, this is this was a good one for me to kind of dip my foot into because you this is one of the games that you have to worry about supply. You know, kind of one of the lower. Complexity Easy, games. Right, yeah. but you have to worry about supply, and that's that's very important in a lot of other bigger war games. Is that? Yep, and there was one game of Maria, the last one, that you had a pretty bad migraine, so I filled it in for you and for the live stream, and that was a lot of fun. We, we had a blast, and we didn't get all the way through the game because live streams take longer, but right. definitely enjoyed my play, and it's something that uh, I'm super excited to review on the show as well. Yes. So that's Maria. Then we did Roads and Boats, mm-hmm. a couple of live streams. Been playing that. That was game of the month for Friday night in February. Yep. And that went over really, really well. It for, did. We played a whole bunch of different maps and played with different subset of, of people. Mm-hmm. You and I played terribly in one game and then had to collude to get ourselves out <laughs> of the hole that we dug ourselves in. Yep. But... Yeah, Roads and Boats, it's the epitome of fiddly, but it's also the king of the logistics games, Mm -hmm. and I I loved it. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Yay, stocks! 
Age of Steam, we played the base map. We did that mm-hmm. for the first live stream for that uh, to kind of give people a base to right. go off of from there. And then uh, with uh, Tony and Paul Chad and, and Robin, we played the Northern England map. Mm-hmm. What do you think of that one? I liked it. It was, um, I mean, we're playing against Robin, and once she understands a game, then you're toast. And so we were all toast, but... I, I enjoyed the map. There was multiple ways to begin, and I you, I did not feel like if I had gone in one specific area, I would have been cornered and not been able to do anything else the rest of the game. Although it, in the middle of the map, you got that mountain range right. that there's only it's really constricted. I think there's only two possible passes through there. So if you're on one side of the map versus the other, it made it really hard to get through mm-hmm. uh, to the other side, and it just. It, it didn't go well for me. Uh, I enjoyed it, but it, it definitely did not go smoothly. Did not end well for, for the yellow player. Let's put it that way. <laughs> and then while you were doing a live stream, I played Grand Austria Hotel. With, How many players? We, it was just me, Matt, and Brian. Okay, so three. So three. Mm-hmm. Okay. And yeah. you enjoy it? Oh, yeah. I always do. It's a fun, it's a fun little game. Like the same level of castles of Burgundy-ish and... On that note, which do you like more between those two? Hmm. I think still Castles of Burgundy. I think so for me as well. And I I agree that maybe it's not the best at four players, both of those. I think Mm -hmm. they're better at two or three players. I would agree with that. Um, But I've enjoyed all my plays. But Mm -hmm. anything special about the most recent one? Anything stand out? Um, No. Okay. It was just another play of Grand Austria, which, you know, it always satisfies that recipe fulfillment itch that I have sometimes. All right. Cool. Cool. I was privy, I guess. I was asked to play Lahav <laughs> and was happy to do so. Also did a live stream of that. I'm terrible at the game, but it definitely, it, it stays a Hall of Fame game as far as I'm concerned. It's been, every time I play it, I thoroughly enjoy it. I feel like I am getting better, even if the plays are, you know, one every couple months or Mm -hmm. whatever. I still feel like I'm able to grok it and and be able to have more of a plan than I have in the past. And just a little bit better. I'm still getting destroyed in the game, but I'm still enjoying it. So, wow, definitely good. The Great Zimbabwe, Mm -hmm. you smoked. Well, you beat. How's that? Yeah, you beat me and Matt. Yeah, I beat you guys. I didn't smoke you. Yep. Uh, In our most recent live stream, and we're going to actually be doing a four-player of that tonight, tomorrow, whatever, Thursday. Uh, It's funny how often some of these games, when they hit the table after a while, we're like, that was fantastic. Why don't we play this more again? (laughs) It's called time. We don't have enough of it. But still, Great Zimbabwe was fantastic. Yes, it was. As always. We got some other classics back to the table as well. Solarius Mission and Madeira. That was pretty cool for the live stream of Madeira Nuno. It was on his birthday, coincidentally, and he actually hung out for the entire time and was having a blast it's with, really interacting cool. with everybody. And that was a lot of fun. So that was that was definitely cool. Plus, it was awesome to, to be able to teach two players who'd never played that awesome game. Uh, to be able to teach that, and they they both were like mind blown. Wow! <laughs> we got high treason back to the table on Louis Rialde. No, oh, we did in honor of Louis Rialde mm-hmm. up in the Great White North. Eh? Hey. And uh, yeah, it was the first time the prosecutors 
uh, one for us. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> but you can watch the live, the archived live stream of it if you'd like. And then, last but not least, uh, at least that we're going to talk about is just the quirkiest, strangest themed game that I've ever played, and that's Nina and Pinta by Ragnar Brothers. That is the Monday Game of the Month game for my subset of the group. So you and some of the other folks are playing The Colonist. Me, Dan, Ash, and Matt are playing Nina and Pinta. It's it's a quantum game. It has to do with quantum physics and exploring uh, the new world uh, as, you know, Christopher Columbus, so to speak, Nina, Pinta, Santa Maria. And we played it the first time at three players, and all of us were like, huh, yeah, okay, right. I guess we'll give it another try, and we'll see if we want to continue playing it, because we were not terribly keen on it. Played it on Monday again, live streamed it, played this four-player vastly different experience and far improved experience. I'll save the details about talking about the actual mechanics of the game and everything for when we review it. But know that, as y'all know, listening, we enjoy tighter games. Mm -hmm. And the game scales for two players and then for three and four players, it's a different scale. And the three player was just too wide open and plus it was a first game we were fighting the rules the rules aren't super super clear as much as they could be uh but once we got through that and and this is the advantage of the live streams and the, the fact that we're teaching helps with that oh, yeah that yeah we all all agreed that we definitely enjoyed it and we're all looking forward to next monday's play of the game as opposed to uh, yeah, we got to play it again. Yeah, I'm yeah. glad. I'm glad to hear that. Me too. You guys were just not enjoying it at all. It seemed like the first time y'all played it because we were playing. Me, sweater Mike, and Brian were playing the colonists next, right at the next table, and we kept hearing, ugh, ugh. Yeah. Ugh. So, yeah. So it definitely was a, a bit of a different uh, game. Um, again, a second play plus the player count. Just Both am- those things definitely made a vast difference. It's amazing what player count can do. Yep. Speaking of player count, my rant in last episode's little, uh, or I guess my, my little rant in last episode, I got to say I'm a little disappointed. <laughs> Everybody who gave us feedback on it actually agreed. And I'm like, that wasn't the point. <laughs> uh, but no, um, I'm, glad to, I'm glad to hear that at least... Those that, that spoke up about it uh, agree that both publishers and and us as players need to respect the game as it's designed and not really... I mean, if you want to have a bolt-on, call it a bolt-on player account. Yeah, it, it plays three or four players, but it also could play two players. It can doesn't necessarily mean it should that right. type thing. So so yeah, I, I just thought that was a not the response I guess uh, that I expected from that. But you know, it is what it is. And hey, cool. I I mean, apparently I'm not the only one thinking about that, right? Right. So last thing that I wanted to uh, talk about or mention or fill in the right word is I think we're going to announce the Golden Elephant Award finalist for 2016 on March 28th. We're going to do that as a separate pod blast, so keep an ear out for that. That worked for you? Yeah. Cool. 
Yeah, so that's it. Short episode this week, uh, just to kind of catch up on where things sit at Casa de Heavy Cardboard. <laughs> and we will catch you all next week with uh, back on the, the reviewing horse. Yeah, back on the wagon. Speaking of wagons, maybe it'll be Great Western Trail. What? Catch y'all later. Bye.